you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Recording podcast episode 72. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? Did you watch Richard Branson shoot himself in the sky? I watched him land. I forgot. To, I missed the uh, whole thing. Yeah, I guess I'll catch it later. I just kind of watched... Uh, it just looked like airplane from what I saw. Actually, when I say I watched it land, I just was walking out the door and saw he was landing. I guess I didn't technically watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I've been getting my basement together, man. I've been trying to get my instruments back in order and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, you got your basement back. Well, I mean, there it was back, but... It was just kind of, uh, I had to put all the stuff up for a little bit and I got it all back out, man. It's all back on the wall. Everything looks good again. Good deal. Yeah. Well, we've got Luke Powers with us today. What's up, Luke? Hey, nothing too much. Thanks for having me on here, guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm thrilled you could join us. Heck yeah. We also have your brother-in-law, Brad, in here. He's just going to sit and listen. Maybe he'll come in and, you know, tell a story on you or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Right. But we're enjoying a, an old faithful today. Buffalo. Another one of your faves. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Buffalo they all Trace. Yeah. So, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Uh, I might have to. Yeah, you got to. I mean, just a little. Just a breakfast bourbon. Yeah, even if you just wet your lips, Luke, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, I went down to Nolan Lake and my wife and I stopped in, uh, I think it's Twin Lake Liquors down there. And just that bottle of Buffalo Trace is behind the counter now. What? Just regular Buffalo Trace behind the counter. Have y'all seen that? Moving on up, baby. I guess so. Heck yeah. You know, the one to make everything. It's going to be like $40 before we know yeah. it, man. I refuse <laughs> yeah, to pay $40 for Buffalo Trace. <laughs> I will not. As long as Rebel Yell doesn't start inching its way. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. seventeen yeah. or nothing. <laughs> So what they got me for is they had that package. To, you got like a bottle of Buffalo Trace and a bottle of uh, just a regular green label Weller. It was packed together. You couldn't get, you couldn't just get the Ooh. green huh? label Weller and you couldn't just buy Buffalo Trace. You had to buy it together. So, really? Very strange. Yeah, make you spend more money, you know? Genius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luke, we always start out the same way. Why don't you uh, start us off by going back to childhood and taking us back to your early memories of music and... At what point in your life did you realize music would be a big part of your life? Well, it's funny, you know, I'm I'm the youngest of six kids, and all the, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the five of us boys all play. Wow, and, um, 
One and, sister. I'm sure she's not spoiled. Oh, no. Well, she, well, she was probably abused her, her or young she was life. The abuser. <laughs> she's the abuser. I was going to say, she's the abuser. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. And so it was someone, but, you know, we always had instruments around the house. And, uh, you know, before I really started playing, my brother, oldest brother, Sam, was in a band around town called The Rumors. They've been around Louisville oh, yeah. For, yeah. forever. Years. And uh, I'd sit about, they rehearsed out in our barn, and I'd sit by the, uh, you know, sit in there and try and bang drumsticks together and listen to the guys. And and it was funny. So that was a little bit of what started, but really, like, you know, wanting to be a part of it in that way. But when uh, at one point, the lead singer yelled at my yelled at me. He's like, Sam, get your little brat brother out of here. And it just pissed me off so much. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, I want to, be better than that. <laughs> I'm going to take his spot. So and you'll, much, you'll never be in my band. Yeah. <laughs> how much older was uh, Sam than you? Uh, he's uh, what, 15 years older than me. 15 years 15, older. 16, yeah. When you, I'm assuming you're pretty young at this point. Five, six, seven years old. Eight years right old. Right now? No. When, <laughs> when you were listening. When you were, when, you know, when you yeah, were listening yeah, about, in the mix of this. Yeah. So, what was the music that they were playing? Uh, they were playing a lot of like Beatles and, you know, bar cover band stuff, you know. Okay. Um, all over the place. A lot of, a lot of Mustang Sally kind of. Okay. Jam. So, well, all right. So at that point, you're getting kind of a little classic rock music education oh, yeah, at the sure. same time. And so it went from there to like my next oldest brother was in a band before me, you know, when I was about 11 or 12. Maybe a recurring theme of just rage in here. <laughs> but like. <laughs> His uh, his singer for his band would uh, he he bossed me around because he's an older kid and you know he he always called me Rody Rody like, Rody you'll get that for me or whatever so I was like ah <laughs> and it was right about that time that I started you know picking it up and oh, really man. just started playing guitar so I'm shocked you don't play death metal <laughs> <laughs> so there were guitars just sitting around the house oh yeah all the yeah. instruments oh, are just yeah. guitars just, pianos drum sets just everything anything you, know. you wanted to do yeah. Electric saxophones. No kidding. No. Oh, it was the eighties, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? That's right. The late eighties had to been. They got the electric sax rolling in the in the keyboard guitar, the guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I definitely was fortunate in, in where I grew up, and then and that kind of started me playing in church. That was a huge start for me, you know. Playing, we went to a, a kind of like gospel style church, and just the lady who led Sister Valerie. You know, she was an incredible keyboard player. She could hear something one time and just take off, just fly. Hmm. But the difference would be it was never the right key. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Never the right key and never the same key twice. So it was definitely like a training your ear kind of thing to that I think helped me a lot early on. Dude, so. that would. I know, they Everybody would had to adjust to like, the... We're in the key of what key we have? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine. That would be insane. That would be a great vocal exercise to yeah. just sing yeah. songs in different keys constantly. <laughs> I guess as long as you know the pattern. That's right. Wow. You know, church has definitely been a through line as far as getting um, musics and musicians involved in playing with other people, especially. Did oh, yeah. you play with kids your age at that point or were you playing with you know the adults and um it kind of started at the same time i started playing at church i started playing in bands with my brother how old were you you know probably 12 13 okay you know playing doing like punk rock and of course tried a ska band of course (laughs) as you do (laughs) checkered up my chops and everything you know (laughs) so so you guys were where were you playing Outside of church when you're playing with your brother. 
uh, like church events. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it Basement. Pretty, it pretty much, yeah, it's, it stayed in that realm until, you know, got a little bit older, so. Did your sister play as well or just the brothers? Pretty much just the brothers. So was there kind of like a unspoken competition about who could be the best musician? Like, you know. Oh, just... there still is, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is? Oh. <laughs> Brad. Depends on the day. I'm looking over at you over here, Brad. <laughs> nothing, oh, nothing. Nothing from the brother-in-law. Okay. Good. That is a genius, genius move. He's glad he doesn't have the mic right now. <laughs> yeah, he thinks the sister is. <laughs> She's the best singer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you're, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And you're, I'm doing the cover band thing and doing the Scott thing. Are you writing as you're doing this? Or are you just, is this fun getting not, your teeth into the music itself? And not so much. Writing didn't come for a while. I, um, it's funny. Like I, my next oldest brother, Dan is, is a fantastic songwriter. And so I was kind of always just the guitar player. I always, I mean, that's all I really ever wanted to do was just play lead mm -hmm. guitar. Yeah. You know? And so I did that for a long time. And on up into my 20s, you know, it, that led of just being in bands. And then, you know, when I turned 21, I got asked to go out on the road with a, a band here from Louisville. And that was as kind of just a hired gun guitar player. Who's that? Uh, a band called People Noise. Okay. Uh, Zeke Buck was a lead singer of that band. It was kind of like a psychedelic. Some He was one of the guys from VHS or Beta. I don't remember, okay. remember yeah. those guys. But oh, yeah. um, it was after that that I kind of got tired of not writing my own songs and not being able to be a part of that creative process. Because mm. I was, it was to the point where I was even cut out of being in any way of the creative process of that kind of music. And so it's like, wow, why? Yeah, I don't like this feeling of not being able to interject and and express myself <laughs> the way I feel like I need to. So in a, in a sense, you felt like a hired gun and a hired gun only, not a part of something different. Exactly, yeah. Okay. And I, and I definitely did that. I just... Being a hired gun is not that, uh, it's not entirely, I don't know, just didn't feel great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's people that are not cut out for that. You know, oh, yeah, there's 100%. people that, 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 so are you missing that can like do a, that stuff. And, was it, was it not fulfilling? Not musically? Fulfilling, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, dude, especially like if you're, I would imagine if you're in a group with a group of dudes that are writing and you're, you're not a part of that, but you're, you're just, you put your part on it when we're mm -hmm. done with the song. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's cool to be able to add your part, but to have input into the process of forming and shaping the song, even if it's not necessarily necessarily the lyrics. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, being part of the process is pretty big, I'd say. When I was with that band, I was just getting tired of it over the road, you know. And I, at one point, called, I had played one show, one rock and roll show with my buddy Dusty, who you had on here. <laughs> Dusty yeah. Box, how yeah. we met so, you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just a complete wild ass, man. I, I, <laughs> so when we, met, when we met each other, we were working together at Mom's Music. And he had a band called One Giant Leap. And so I played one band or one show with them at, I think called like Angel's Rock Bar in Louisville, like okay. what, 4th Street. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just nuts. Totally great time. Just debauchery. <laughs> And so, like, I, that happened right before I went out on the road with People Noise. And, and then, and so, like, at one point, I called Dusty and I was like, I can't do this anymore, man. I got to write. I got to be a part of something. Let's, what, if I come off the road, can we start collaborating and do this band? And let's, can we do Bolt Action Thrill? And uh, he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's 
kill the band that it is now and and start something new. So that was really the first part of me collaborating and writing a lot was that moment. So if I remember right, that was that Southern Rock? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't start off Southern Rock. Okay. Really? Yeah, it started off kind of just like hair rock. Hair metal, I guess. you. It's not hair metal. I don't know how yeah. you would describe it, which is funny because I have no hair. <laughs> um, you got a very, lot on your chin, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's very like LA sound. Okay. And, and we, with a very much so an intention of we are going to move out to LA essentially from the beginning. Okay. The first tour you mentioned, was that like a regional tour? Like no, that's a, all over the United States. It, okay. Some into Canada. So, I mean, that's so that's such a definitive moment in your you know career and life to, to kind of... Not necessarily put your foot down, but kind of make the decision that, you know, being a hired gun's great, but that's just, you were ready to creatively get something out, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Wow. I could, I, that's that's pretty pinpoint, man. I don't think, do you think a lot of people can look back on something like that and just go, that's really the moment that, I'm sure it was a bunch of things that led to that, but to actually make that phone call mm-hmm. and, and have the, you know, foresight to make a decision like that is pretty huge. I don't know how old you were at that point if you were 21. Young. That's just, as a 20, my 21-year-old brain wouldn't have been able to think ahead like that. Oh, that was the only cohesive thought I may have had at that age. (laughs) (laughs) Dusty was kind of feeling the same way, right? If I remember, was this this happening at the same time? Did you, were you all kind of going that route at the same time saying, hey, we need something a little more fulfilling than what we have? Yeah, when we did, he's just a force to be reckoned with, (laughs) Dusty is. You know what I'm saying? He was just ready to rock. You know, and so when we decided that we were going out to Los Angeles, literally at that moment, I don't know if he talked about this at all, but he called me up one time. I, I had been trying. I was like, guys, we need to move to LA. Like, we're not, this is not, like, I don't, I, I think we just need to do something. The, the guys had kind of poo-pooed it. And then one day, Dusty called me up. I'm trying to remember how the hell this happened. Dusty called me up and was like, dude, is in the morning. He's like, we need... I, I think we need to move out to LA. And he woke me up from a dream where we had just sold everything and moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, together. And I was like, all right, we're happening. So we made the plan. <laughs> and, you know, eight, nine months later, we found ourselves out in Los Angeles. Oh, man. Did you all move back home from LA at the same time? No, I moved back after only three years. Okay. <clears throat> he yeah. moved back after 10. Yeah. He stuck out. So what, tell us a little bit about the time in LA. Once you guys move out there, what is, uh, comparatively, what does that scene look like? Do you get out there and you're like, holy shit, man, the talent levels, the, the, the ta- intimidation level. The, the talent level was insane. Like every dude would just, they shred guitar, uh, <laughs> and be like six foot two with just long, <laughs> luscious manes. I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm this scrawny balding kid, but like, so it was like at that point, another definitive point where I was like, okay, I'm trying to do this LA rock scene in, or I'm trying to do this LA rock in LA where that's probably not really who I am or where my roots come from. And we worked with a producer out there who kind of pointed us in the right direction, a good buddy, Tom Chandler. I was like, you guys need to be as country as you want to be, as Southern rock. And, you know, so we really started to dive into that a lot. Which is funny because I feel like a lot of Southern style rock actually comes out of Los Angeles. And by that, I mean like a lot of, you know, like the Eagles and like Mm -hmm. Crosby, Stills, Nash. And, you know, a lot of that stuff that's maybe not Southern rock, but it definitely has its roots there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that's probably because of the freedom of the city, the wildness of it, you know. Yeah. Wide open. Wide open. Wide open, man. So when we got there, I mean, like, 
I'd say the Sunset Strip was still popping. Really? I mean, not like it was in the 80s, obviously, but like, I mean, there was a really cool scene and we made a lot of great friends with bands and every band would go out to see each other play. You know, if there was a night where I wasn't playing and one of my friends' bands would, I'd go out and guitar tech for them, you know. It was definitely very much so a community. That's awesome. You know, which is dearly missed. Mm-hmm. You know, every Saturday night at from midnight to two, we'd play at the Cat Club. Everybody, all the homies and all the collective bands would get together and play the Lonely Drunks Club band. And I'm trying to form that in Brad's basement <laughs> every Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Well, it, if we had parking, you know. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I got yeah. a field. <laughs> we had to show, shuttle them back and we forth. We need golf carts. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, that's, it's a wild hill you guys live on. I wouldn't want to have too many drinks and get after that. Yeah, man. So I'm remembering a story from uh, Dusty's episode on here, and I might have the wrong person, but I think it was you. Did, you had a pretty interesting job outside of music in Oh, in yeah, LA. in L.A. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Delivering. Talk <laughs> so, about that. So I worked for a company uh, called Mates Cartage, which is like, it's kind of cool. You look it up and you can't find it. Um, it was started by Guns N' Roses back in 86. No shit. Um, back pretty much Axel needing somebody to drive his shit around. Like all his gear. And so we were a rehearsal space studio slash warehouse slash just kind of a catch-all for any platinum rock artist. So I would get to meet a lot of incredible people. You know. I may one day find myself over at Slash's play or going through Slash's guitars or going through going to Axel's house or, you know, at Prince's house or just it was it's pretty neat. That has to be insane. It's a really great job. (laughs) Yeah. You get paid two dollars an hour. I don't (laughs) care. The pay was shit. (laughs) I guarantee it. Because they can get anybody to do that job. Like, hell yeah, Yeah. I'll do that. Whatever you need me to go to where? Prince's? Prince? But that's and that's the thing about Los Angeles is like I had it was it's such a tough place to live because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. So like I I literally had to quit that job for a while to go crawl under houses doing foundation work to make two dollars more an hour, <clears throat> which is you know that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Of course I was brought back on for more, but you know it's it's a it's it's a hard place. Yeah, to live if you're not making great money. And I, you know, from everything I gather, it's probably harder now, more expensive oh, yeah. now. So you probably got out. You know, those three years were probably enough. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and the just overall lifestyle for me was a little. It could. It, it was not. A little too full throttle. A little too. Yeah. <laughs> Wide open. Were you and Dusty? Did you guys live together while you were out there? Uh, for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, when we first moved out there, there was us four guys in the original band and then two brothers. So there were six dudes in an apartment. Wow. And then yeah. I later would couch surf quite a bit, you know, a couple of years after that. So I would, I guess I lived with Dusty full t- or part time there. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just lived off my motorcycle for a while. No kidding. Which was fun, stable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then you came back home, yeah, and and kind of take us from there. So when I got back home, I like the day I landed, um, I started. I was actually, and, and at that time, I had met a girl and was engaged to be married, which was a gigantic mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but when we got home, I started construction on a studio that I built out in Lanesville, my hometown, and that was ended up being a three year project. Wow. Which was 
great for me because it was, you know, I got to record my album there, my first album there, Wolf in the Woods. Okay. Released in 2016. Mm -hmm. And then, <laughs> yeah. So maybe it took a little longer than three years. But. Hey, man. It's released. <laughs> That's right. Um, so is that self-produced? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did everything myself. I wrote, All right on. wrote, engineered, produced. Which all at the studio you built. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So, what uh, if you don't mind me asking? Was it just it took three years because you were piecing things together and building oh, yeah. it slowly? And what was that process? It was. Like? It was like you know, it was finding the money first. Or make, yeah. it would be like, okay, I have to frame out, so I have to take on a framing job mm. and really learn a lot of these things. For me, it was kind of like college. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I learned. I've always, I've always done some sort of construction but for me it was really like you know when I had to put a roof on I took a roofing job for a little while and would just kind of learn as I would go oh that's smart you know and so it yeah it just took a long time yeah. <laughs> but you got it set you yeah. where you wanted it and got the product out of it yeah and, man, and I've since sold out it I don't have it anymore oh really mm -hmm. right. um cause it was a a lot it was a lot yeah <laughs> There's always something to buy, too. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, well, I need that mic now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I let Brad do all the heavy lifting on that end. Yeah. We got all I we brag need. about that often, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear a track off that. Yeah, man. Wolf in the Woods, which is uh, kudos. It's awesome. And the oh. production on it's awesome. I, I, I like it. And, you know, I just figured it was all done somewhere else and paid for and but to be self-produced and yeah, man. Sitting on a stump. That's from... Well, that's not on there. That's not there. No, no that's a new... Oh, is that Bushy new. on there? What a, bushy? Yeah, Bushy. Yeah, bushy. okay. Let's, yeah. Hear, let's listen to Bushy. Anything you want to tell us about Bushy? Oh, this is a true story about my great uncle Bushy out from Oklahoma. Uncle no Bushy. Kidding. No kidding. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, man. So you never met Bushy? No, no. So what made you write a song about Uncle Bushy that you never knew? I don't know. It's just one of those uncle things. Uncle or grandpa? Uncle. Great, uncle Bushy. I guess it'd be my great uncle. Great uncle Bushy. Uh, it's just, you know, hearing stories about my dad talking about him. Oh. You know? Yeah. That's and cool. I, and I think it's funny. Like, I, I a lot of the times love writing songs like that about just listening to somebody talk about whatever, you know, somebody, somebody or someone or something that they were just passionate <laughs> about, you know? I, I can hear a lot of like the punk rock influence and mm -hmm. of course, you know, the country roots influence and, and everything kind of mixed into that. And it reminds me, I mean, we had, I don't know if you know Blind Feline, but they have mm -mm. some stuff that's kind of like that, that has this, it's just different. But mm -hmm. the one thing about your stuff is every song that you sent us is different, yeah. you know, which I'm, I'm a big fan of. I, I love, yeah. I love variety and not being stuck in a lane so much. It, oh, yeah. It's probably harder as an artist and a musician to sell that to people. It is. What it really does for me is to go, okay, this person is true to themselves and is going to write what they're feeling and, and, and put out what 
is there instead of try to conform to here's this thing that all sounds like one thing. Yeah, I mean, humans are humans. You have a broad array of emotions. If you can't, if you aren't showing that, then are you really yeah. showing your emotions? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you talk, you know, you talked about your influence and the stuff that you first started listening to with your oldest brother or older brother that's, mm-hmm. you know, so much older and that old influence and then growing up in the church and playing church music and then the ska uh, punk influence mm-hmm. and then going out playing. So all those things wrap up into how do you define that into sound as a, as a, as a writer and a songwriter? It's so hard to do. So I love that it's nothing's pigeonholed. Yeah. Nothing sounds like, like itself. I mean, it all kind of has this vibe, Yeah. but it's, you know, man, that's, that's what I enjoy about especially Wolf in the Woods and, you know, of course, everything else. But uh, listening that. to that record today, I told Brad before you got here, I was like, it's one of those records you can put on and you can just let it play. Let oh, it play right in the background. Let it go. Easily. Do your thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I even referenced the old Wallflowers album. I said, do you remember that Wallflowers album like 20 years ago? And you put it on and every song just was, it was bright. Yeah, I've been listening to that record actually I'm this week. I'm telling you, man. That is, is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's what I mentioned. I was like, it reminds me of that type of feel when you just go, yep, it all feels good. That's well, all good. It's funny you say that because Fred Eltringham, the guy who played drums on all my new stuff, like Sit on a Stump and some of the other new tracks, was on that record. Are you kidding? Is that yeah. right? <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> well, that's a weird circle we yeah. just yeah. Uh, made out of all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and listen to Sitting on a Stump. We mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, set that song up. So this one's not released, right? No, it's, it's not, and it will be here pretty soon. And uh, I'd like to talk even more about the. There's a whole thing revolving around this. So, Let's talk. so okay. actually, Dusty and I wrote this song, whacked out, <laughs> uh, in La- when we were in Los Angeles, like you know, ten, twelve years ago. No kidding. Yeah, and uh, it was one we played as Bolt Action Thrill a, a little bit, and it was just it was it was a little more banging then. You know, and then when I brought this to the the crew in the studio this time, it was like time to like chill it out and groove mm. it out. You know, so listen, listen, listen to it. A okay, bit, and then I'll talk more. Right. Good, because I got a question about that. Let's listen. All right, sitting on a stump. Sounded the the first time, but it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was heavy. Yeah, it dude, that's heavy. you, the, especially because the lyrics are so just sitting on a stump is so chill. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, man, I, that's killer. I love that. So, um, how do you evolve a song? That that's something that I've wondered about. You know, like Sturgill Simpson did a bunch mm-hmm. of that with his last album. It's hard to, I, you know, I think I get stuck on once you hear something, that's how it goes. How do, how do you kind of change lanes with how it? How do you change lanes? Man, you- it's like, 
when something's not grooving, but you know that there's some, some some substance to the song, it's like you don't want, ever want to tr- just trash it. It it can it's really difficult, you know, to change your mind around the way something already sounds, you oh, know. And, yeah, and that's one of the hardest part about producing, of which I love producing records. Um, but like you know, you gotta a be able to hear what somebody is originally intended, and also be able to hear all the possibilities mm-hmm. out there, you know. So for that to change the vibe on that song, it also it really took just hiring an unbelievable crew of yeah. players, you know, and that helped. So who'd you have with you on there? So I had uh, essentially uh, Cheryl Crow's entire band. <laughs> really great, you know, uh, Fred Eltringham on drums. Who's a you know he's a two thousand he was last year's CMA drummer of the year. He's just <laughs> unreal guy. Uh, Robert Kearns on bass. He's you know he played for Dixie Chicks and Leonard Skinner and uh, Oddly Freed on guitar. Holy cow! He's just a monster guitar player. Mm. Our, it, he was one of those guys that was like you know, I was like I don't know about having another guitar player in the room. And then I heard some of the stuff he, an unreal, <laughs> unreal guitar player. I mean he. I'd be like, I don't know if I need another guitar player in the room, but unfortunately, that other guitar player is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely the other Here guy. Go. No. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Jen Gunderman, who uh, on keys, so wow. uh, who she's like professor of musicology at Vanderbilt. And so she was <laughs> just like unreal, was able to just any charting and stuff like that, you know. And they're they're road ready, rock steady. They've been playing with Cheryl, who is obviously just one of the most amazing talents mm. ever. Yeah, and their band is just unreal. I mean, Tyler and Deckhat band, you know. Well, and you know what's great about them is uh, just as listening to them, if that's the band that she always plays with, the ability to create space in, oh, in what they do. One hundred percent. They never played over my vocals. Which, which that's a incredible. professional. Yeah, they play what needs to be played and don't play and what definitely doesn't. never played over each other in any way so it was, it was just a really incredible experience so how did that develop did you intentionally say hey i'm going to get this amazing group of musicians together or did it just well i've been working uh with a buddy and actually so i didn't on wolf in the woods i did not master or i did not mix or master that i brought that to a buddy down in nashville michael esser okay uh, a sundog studio I had been actually working with him on some other projects. Uh, I, I produced one for Dusty, one of his first EPs. Um, a buddy here around town, Jordan Bales. Um, and uh, uh, flew in some buddies from Los Angeles. Uh, Fire the Animal did it. So I'd been doing records down there with him. Michael Esser and I worked together so well. And he had worked with some of these players before. And just kind of... I had, I had given him the songs that I had written. And he was just like, we, we have to do this right, you know. <laughs> so we did. Yeah. So how many tracks did you guys get? There's ten. There's oh, wow. ten, ten so full you, tracks. Yeah. So you're just like, I'm sitting on it. So we're gonna have a full album here <sighs> yeah. soon. Yeah. What's the, uh, you, you what's the timetable for this? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what's, what's the target? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, planning on coming out with sitting on a stump in uh, in August. Okay. So that'll come out as another single. There's two singles out already: impending doom and jewelry box mm-hmm. but you know it's another thing is like when i released those last year it's like during the pandemic it's like nobody mm-hmm. knew what the hell to do not to mention i've never known what the hell to do yeah so yeah i'm with you yeah. kind of and speaking of three that. songs that sound exactly alike right no <laughs> yeah. three, yeah. three releases three completely different you know yeah vibes, yeah. So. yeah 
It's hilarious. So this sitting on a stump thing, it's always it's also kind of like a mantra or something. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that that vibed out about being out in nature, being just chilled out. You know. Um, so I'm actually going to start shooting a, a YouTube show oh. called Sitting on a Stump with your host, Luke Powers. Hey, Is that right? There yeah. you go. Yes. So maybe next time I'll be interviewing you hey, guys. Hey, that'd be, a, that'd be <laughs> hey, bad. We can go, right, out, we can go like, right out in our backyard. There we go. You go sit yeah. on a stump yeah. outside. <laughs> so in, 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 in that, you know, um, my second passion is woodworking. Okay. Love woodworking. Uh, it is what I do for a living. Um, and uh, whether that's just, you know, general fin- finished carpentry, actually furniture building. Um, so this uh, sitting on a stump is going to kind of be everything that I'm passionate about, um, which is woodworking and music and the people around me. And awesome. that's really what it's just going to, every episode will feature a different person. And That's cool. Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah. yeah hopefully fun. some uh, interject some knowledge and play some songs and it's going to be... Uh, be looking forward to it. Now, if you really want to combine it, you can build your own acoustic guitar with your woodworking skills uh, and then play it on the show. There you go. <laughs> you I, have walking ele- along. I have an electric that telly that I'm still in the process really? of. Really? Yeah. Oh, that would be a cool episode, man. She's, I'm cedar. In. She's cedar. Oh. Very, very dark tones. So so you must be a telly guy because I remember telly. when we went to the barn, that was the guitar you went after oh, when, yeah. it, when it became a jam session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Telly's fight back, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hell yeah. They got teeth too. Yeah. You can do so many. They're so versatile. Yeah. They're the most versatile, I think, the most versatile electric. Oh, yeah. I was, you know, when I truly fell in love with my current telly uh, was one night I was all banged up playing Four Street Live. And uh, I had the, I was holding one hand on the butt of the guitar and one hand on the headstock. And was just bending. I had it probably bent like a half or a full step at least <laughs> down. And I broke a DiMarzio, quote unquote, the unbreakable straps. I was, <laughs> I was pushing this thing so hard. You broke a strap. I broke a strap, caught the guitar still, and then it was still in tune. I was like, you can't, you, can't, you can't break a telly. What are you going to do? You got it. That's got to be your favorite. That reminds me of when I called you from the, the music store, when I bought that Strat back there on the wall. I called Neil and I said, uh, I said, Neil, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a Fender. Should I get a Strat or or a Telly? He said, well, nine out of 10 people will tell you a Strat. But if it was, if you're asking me, I say a Telly. (laughs) (laughs) So he brought a Strat. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that was your best selection for the price and everything. I think that was your, that was, that was the best guitar for the price. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's Telly all the time for me. But I'm, I'm like you, I've got, I've got one Telly. It's just, it's stupid. Right. I don't know what it is about that guitar. I've got, I don't know, Road Dog. Love Some it. Road Dog, yep. <laughs> well, I'd like to try to break it sometime. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking for a new Luke Powers album and a oh. new Luke Powers sitting on a stump YouTube series. So That's right. What's going to come out first? Uh, so I'm going to try and do, uh, singles with episodes. So sit on stump, we'll come out with sitting on a stump. All right. So will you play an acoustic version on the show? I will. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. With a special guest. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Is that one of you planning on doing for one shot? No, it's not. No, okay. you can't. You can't. Oh, no, I can't do that. That's, dude, you got to save <laughs> that's, that one. That's, that's for his YouTube series. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a lot. You've got to, I mean... That's special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Well, and where, right. are you, where are you shooting that? Uh, so I, um, 
live in Brown County, Indiana. All right. Where in the hell's that? Uh, That's where my wife goes shopping, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. where a lot of wives go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, Don't tell my wife about this place. <laughs> <laughs> so Brown County, it's, uh, it's it's south of Indy. Okay, about two hours from here. So. Really, it's a very very pretty part of Indiana. Okay, it's kind of like a little like very wooded Gatlinburg type. Exactly, Nash- yeah. Nashville, Indiana yeah. is like that. Okay, yeah, nice. So I'm actually playing little in shops. Nashville in a couple next week. Really? Yeah. What day? Seventeenth. Oh, so wow. What time? time? Sometime. <laughs> well, I'm thinking the 17th was the next barn thing, too, wasn't it? It is, it man. Is. Yeah. And, and this is, are we, when's this going to be out? Might be Friday. My, might 16th. Be my, oh. Friday the 16th. Yeah. So, so tomorrow, go see Luke, all you listeners. Yeah, man. What are y'all doing? Oh, yeah. Start driving. Buy your tickets. Dude. Where, are you, where are you playing? So, I'll be playing at the Nashville Playhouse. Uh, it's actually, I met some guys. There's a, a podcast called uh rainwater super cool dude named keenan rainwater and he he's kind of uh in a lot of ways the hub of musicians in the, the brown county area oh cool which there's a lot of musicians around there really it's kind of like an artsy part of uh indiana if you cool. imagine yeah. really okay cool yeah so get you a little room little cottage and go to the shop oh, and go check out luke yeah, maybe do some scrapbooking, get some go to a fudgery or something. <laughs> yeah. <A> fudgery? <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> do they have a little moonshine shop though? Do they have There you go. That sounds more like our speed. Yeah, yeah I like can do a that. place where you can buy the flavored moonshines like they have in Gatlinburg. Yeah. You can go taste them on and buy you a mason jar full of uh blackberry moonshine. <laughs> That's all I need. I like this buffalo flavored yeah, moonshine. I'll stick with buffalo. Yeah. Mm. I'm with you. Kentucky 100%. bourbon, you can't beat it. <laughs> All right, let's listen to another Luke song. How about, uh, tell us about It Was Beautiful. Um, so, that's funny. When I actually play, I wrote that one with uh, Mark, Mark Roberts, who you had on, mm-hmm. and Dusty. And it was one night sitting out. And actually, I say that there was also a lot of other people around. Uh, Buddy Cage Hooker and <laughs> this is God given name. Uh, <laughs> uh, my bad, so, my bad, Mister Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> my bad. I'm sure so, it's not the first time. Oh no no. <laughs> uh, and so we were all just sitting around. And we just started talking about all the just insane amount of dumb shit we did in high school, and that we're just blessed to be alive. And and uh, this song kind of came out of all of us just sharing the dumbest things that we'd done. And it kind of, uh, you know, when we woke up the next morning, the song was done. All right. <laughs> Here it goes. It was beautiful. It is beautiful, by the way. It's yeah. a good song. I love it. Love it. Drinking, no reason for thinking about nothing but what we done. Made it through high school, acting like damn fools. What we lost, we won. Just sleeping 
too scared to speak Holding your hand as we jump Back seats and creeks Head first and both feet Honey, you were always the one Now it all seems Unbelievable We were young I haven't brought chills up on me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it, everything right. sits so well in that mix too, man. It's just such a, it's a beautiful song. It really is. Yeah. So what does that look like when, so you guys are sitting uh, as a group of what, three or four of you? Actually, there's probably about six or seven of us. <laughs> what really? does a songwriting group, what's that look like? I, I have trouble writing with other people. That's such, <clears throat> it's what always interests me when I hear people writing in a group like that. Brad can't let people in. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was, um, th- it was very different than most times of, of a co-write. It was me just kind of like blown out, sit back. With like, <laughs> Tell me the dumbest thing you did. And it was just... <laughs> We, you know, we came up with the melody of that. It was young. We were young, dumb, beautiful. And, uh, and that just kind of snowballed, just asking and then taking what, you know, uh, simple stories people had and just crafting them into, into man, verses. There's so much to that, man. To be able to, to convey a, a vibe in a song is one thing, but to actually tell a story and mm-hmm. to, to talk about, you know, things that have, especially real life stuff that has happened that, that it creates that thing. And like you, you said the word craft, crafted into something that, that's, you know, audible to, to other people and mm-hmm. still have that same feeling. Like I wasn't there, but I can relate to everything you said. I can, mm-hmm. I have bonfires right now where we sit around and act like idiots and you never grow that. <laughs> you never do, but it started when we were kids. And just oh, yeah. so to, to be able to, to to have a story like that that does con- convey that feeling, man, it's I, I, it's such a cool way to write. And like I told Brad before, another thing, I was like, he's got a Springsteen vibe to me. He writes Ooh. these songs that are so uh, relatable and put you in your youth in in some sort of way. I love that. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's one of them. It just reminds me of that old angsty youth vibe that that mm-hmm. leads to this. And and the the resolve is it's beautiful. You know, so much was, you know, I dig it. Yeah. A ton. So you kind of thinking it. back on, thinking back on times that you probably didn't appreciate as you should have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you appreciate that. And you're too busy, you know, too busy trying to get old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be a legal adult so I can, you know. Just <laughs> Do you consider yourself a storyteller? Like outside of songwriting, are you a, are you a you know, storyteller? You I'm not, I'm, I'm not the best just like, sitting around drinking beers with buddies, I'm not the best just storyteller. It mm. takes me putting the pen to paper Yeah, a lot of the times to tell the story. I mean, I, th- I fancy myself as one when it comes to writing. So yeah, I don't know. It's strange. It, it to- also depends on where I'm at in, in my head at the time. You know? Yeah. Do you tend to toil over your songs or do they come pretty quickly or <laughs> what's it, that look like for it, you over time? It really depends. You know, like the, the biggest thing is having no boundaries when it comes to songwriting, especially storytelling, let truth be no boundary. You know, like you can't, if, if there's a, a way that this thing actually happened, but it just doesn't vibe right or doesn't feel right, you can change it. So songs mm-hmm. can be true, but not completely true. Yeah. Embellished. And, you know, 
Yeah, it, very much so. And and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Oh no, you know, as you long gotta, as, as you long as you fluff them to make them interesting. Sometimes. Yeah, and as long as you're not you know hurting someone along the way that doesn't deserve to be hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and then uh, then I think it's totally fine to, to you know. And, you know, I feel like some of my songs are straight, just strain of consciousness of like real things that happen to myself, you know, and some of them are jazzed up a bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I will never tell which is which. You can't. <laughs> never. <laughs> no, no. No. Everybody assumes all your songs are about you anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, that you know, truth? I don't always write about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, even sometimes like you can write about, you know, like you can write a song about the a, a loving like a relationship that has nothing to do with your relationship mm-hmm. you know so i mean there's there's all kinds of angles or it can be a different type of relationship but everybody thinks it's your relationship i mean you, it doesn't or even like totally that, fictitious back, con- character. completely fake yeah the first, first song i ever wrote uh was a song called wrong man's mama and it was like <laughs> my, my parents have been married for almost 60 years maybe 60 years no 50 something wow whatever uh, this song was about like if my mom had remarried and re- or like my dad had passed or something. My mom had remarried and gotten into an abusive relationship. And so the whole song is an absolute like very visceral, violent murder ballad. <laughs> this was during your school years. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's trouble line. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, but that was, I think, a good thing for me is like, it was just like, I want to be like, be able to situationally just like put myself somewhere and compartmentalize see, yeah and see what that might feel like and you can you know if you make up a situation you can have real emotions about i was gonna it. say you can feel it even if it's fake mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well man luke people that want to our listeners that want to follow you a little more closely where can they find you on the socials and find your music and all that jazz uh i'm on facebook and instagram um luke powers luke a powers on instagram um Follow uh, follow me on Spotify and definitely follow me on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I have a couple of videos out um, currently, but uh, there will be a lot more and fun stuff happening here soon. That's okay. awesome. And if you're in uh, Nashville or that area or around here and heading to Nashville, yeah. go tomorrow the 17th. So what should we search on YouTube? Sitting on a stump, Luke Powers. How, how do we find? Oh it? yeah, can actually you can you can find a fun uh, fun video of that right now if you look oh, it up. Uh, sitting on a stump. Me and Dusty out in L.A. playing at uh, Norm's Rare Guitars. And, and it's I've the seen old that. version. Do what? Or this version or it's the old newer version? version. Nah. Oh okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, but still, gotta watch it. It's not all blasted out. No. <laughs> no, I tell you what, I saw I, I saw a video of you and Dusty, but I think it was messing around. You guys were sitting in a. Oh, okay. it, was yeah. a it was in a guitar shop. We did but. the same session. We uh, we switched places, and I took the uh, stump over. So nice. All right, we're gonna go out and then we'll we want to listen to Impending Doom. Tell us about right. that, and then we're gonna have some fun shooting some uh, one shots. So uh, Impending Doom, we'll be real quick about it. This is a song about you know. Um, relationships, the toxicity of relationships, and uh, it was a realization that you know, when us dudes or whoever talk about this woman or somebody was toxic for you half the time, that it's the same way back, and you know, it's 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 just kind of like that search for love and falling back into old habits or old people, and how that can just be the death of you. All right, awesome, happy song. <laughs> Great one to close the podcast. Yeah. Hey man, 2019. I thought was her name Corona. <laughs> she was a real bitch. Yeah, really right before 2020. <laughs> well, Luke, thanks again, man. We yeah, enjoyed thanks, it, brother. Thanks for having me on.
into the night sky Millions of us try to shine bright And trying to shine a light onto the surface of someone else nearby Stars and moons can't always be aligned We misdirect our energy sometimes In my sunshine It's been wasted on your moon In your moonshine my impending doom Stars turn into a black hole of the soul But we gotta slow down all the goodbyes Starting to wear both of us then Can we go back to the good time We went to the moon and back again Once a beaming ray of light Shifted from its point Only to be lost in space In my sunshine Wasted on your moon In your moonshine Is my impending doom Stars turning into a black hole Of the soul Thank you.